0: This is the podcast of Christian Life Center and Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Heavenly Father, I ask for your wisdom and for your anointing to minister your word today. And I pray that myself and everyone in this room that we will have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. Teach us your ways, Lord. And may we use the information that we get from your word to when we leave this place to live differently, that we will be transformed. For Lord, we need not only more information, but we need transformation. And I pray that for every one of us through the power of your spirit, and the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you brought your Bibles with you today. And uh, if you would, there's a couple portions of scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning. One is in Nehemiah, and uh, the other is in the book of Romans. So let's start in the book of Romans. And if you would turn with me, please, to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Romans, chapter 12. going to begin in the first verse. It says, and so dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he's done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. I want to pause there for a moment. Serving God is a wonderful thing. There is great joy that comes when we serve the Lord with the right motives. As it says here in verse verse 2... That when we are transformed by God in the way that we think, then we'll know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. The enemy wants to tell us that God's will is just something that is a heavy burden for us to carry. But I want to just say to every one of you in this room, the things that God has in store for you are all good. He doesn't mix bad with the good. His desire is that everything that you experience is good. In fact, he says in his word, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. These are God's promises. And God always fulfills his promises. When I'm having a difficult day... You might feel like one of those days where you felt like you got out of the wrong side of the bed. One of the things that changes my attitude is the promises of the word of God. And I, I, I can tell that moment when I'm like, okay, I have a choice to make. Either I'm going to act the way I feel right now, or I am going to believe the promise of the word of God. And my friends, I want you to know you have a choice in that matter you can make a difference in how your day goes by simply saying, you know what, I feel like this, and yes, this is not going right, but I know that this is the day that the Lord has made, and so I'm going to choose to rejoice and be glad in it because everything God has in store for me is good. God has good things in store for you. Be careful about how you talk to yourself. Because oftentimes we can talk ourselves right into bad attitude and, uh, and we can make our day miserable. And I've, I've overheard people's conversations to themselves. Oh, this day is already starting off to be a bad day. I guess this is going to be a bad day. It doesn't have to be. You can experience the goodness of God. Because His mercies are new every single morning. So I just want to encourage you to allow God to transform your mind. So that when you wake up and you're not feeling so well, you sense the spirit of depression maybe coming down. Maybe you had a bad situation yesterday and it hasn't been dealt with. You can experience the goodness of the Lord in a brand new day. And don't allow how you wake up to affect the way you live your life to that day. Simply turn to the Lord and say, God, I surrender my mind to you. I'm going to trust you to help me to walk in victory today because victory comes from the Lord and so this, this scripture tells us that we can experience really how wonderful God's perfect will is when our mind is transformed and then it goes on in verse three and it says as God's messenger I give each of you this warning we all need to be warned from time to time this is a loving warning and it says be honest in your estimate of yourselves Measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. That's very important. In just a little bit we're going to talk, uh, we're going to see that um, the critical focus is our usefulness as a body part in the body of Christ uh, can be sometimes estimated by ourselves in the wrong way, that we look at ourselves and we see, okay, I'm valuable because of, and then we have a list of things that we say, well, I think that a person of value is a person who is going to maybe minister in front of people, or perhaps we could say that in our estimate of someone who is of value is a person who we think that their job is more important than any other job. So you can assess your value. Let's take your body, for example. And um, so let's say if you had a choice, and thank God we don't have to make this kind of a choice, but let's say you were to have a choice if you were to lose your right hand or if you were to lose your right eye which would you prefer to live without now if you ponder on that for a moment you'll begin to think about well what could i do with uh with one eye my left one only and what could i do with my left hand now if you're right-handed it'll make a bigger difference to you than if you're left-handed but let's say your right hand was going to be uh, removed or your right eye which one could you live without you'd begin to assess the value of that body part based upon what it can do right But see, the truth is, is that your right hand and your right eye are both incredibly valuable to you. As well as your big toe and your knee. You know, Thelma had her knee replaced. And uh, we thank God everything went well with the knee surgery, but the, the recovery process is not easy. And so she is really having a time of it. And, uh, and it's very hard. It's painful. In fact, the physical therapist is pressing her beyond limits that she really wants to go. And the reason that's necessary is because you want full range of your knee. Uh, but, uh, but Thelma was saying, Pastor, if I knew what I was going to be going through, I don't think I would have gone through with it. Because it's a very hard process. Every part of your body is important, and God has given it to you for a purpose. And we are encouraged, in fact warned, to assess ourselves properly. I think one of the things the enemy gets the best inroads in is that we see ourselves through our own eyes or through the eyes of people, and we begin, actually, to... Stop seeing ourselves through the value of our Heavenly Father. And that becomes a problem. Now, it can go either way. You can either see yourself too low, bad self-esteem, low self-esteem. Or you can actually have yourself have way too much high esteem. Well, you give yourself too much credit. So how are we supposed to like, find that, quote, balance in between there? Well, it's very simple. We begin to understand how God sees us. How does God see you? You're precious to him. You're valuable to him. Why? Because he made you with a purpose. God did not really intend for us to have to make a decision. Well, if I had to live without a right hand or live without a right eye, which one would I rather go without? I'd rather have both. Wouldn't you rather have both? God wants you to have both. That's why he gave you both. And yet sometimes we assess ourselves, well, that person, they're able to sing really well. Boy, if I could only sing like them, then I'd probably be really useful in the kingdom of God. Maybe that's not exactly what God called you to do. And if he's not called you to do that, then your body part is something else. The key question is, what body part are you? And what has God called you to do? Because only then can you find true fulfillment in being useful for the kingdom of God. Listen to these words. Just as our bodies have many parts, verse 4, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body, and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. I need you, you need me, and you need each other. We are the body of Christ. And so God, who coordinates things really well, he looks down and he says, oh, we need this over here. I believe this with all my heart. That the fact that you are here, you may have decided this morning to get up and come to Christian Life Center. But I believe it is the Holy Spirit that prompts anyone to come to church. As much as you may make a decision, yet it is the Holy Spirit that directs. And I believe that God has placed you here for his purpose and for his season. You know, that season for some may be short, some may be longer, it doesn't matter what it is, but for the time God calls you to be here, it is so important that we begin to understand God's plan and purpose for the body functioning together. Now, my body functions together because my brain is telling it what to do. And then this part, the parts do what they're told to do. That's how a healthy body functions. But there are bodies that don't function that way in the natural. That the nerves are causing parts to move when they're not supposed to move. You ever seen that? And the person's brain wants that body part to stop moving, but it won't stop. And that's abnormal. But God's design is that the body will work together perfectly. Now here's something very important. When we get saved, God places us in a garden, if you will, so that we can grow. There is a process when you take seedlings and you move them into a certain spot so that they can grow. That movement of that plant and the roots and all of that is very difficult for the plant. It's one of the most difficult times for a plant. We had a very hardy plant on the island where I was pastoring. And uh, one, of the, one of the workers, they said, oh, pastor, I'd like to move this plant from here to there. I said, well, I'm not so sure that it'll survive. It was a very hardy plant. I said, I'm not so sure it'll survive. And uh, they said, well, I'd really like to move it. Would that be okay? I said, that'd be fine. They said, I'll just buy another one if that one doesn't work out. So I said, okay, that's fine. So they went ahead and they moved this. It was a very heavy-duty, hardy plant, but when they moved it, all the green slowly began to turn brown. And then, over a period of some months, the whole thing turned dry and completely died. Now, it wasn't it wasn't because it wasn't cared for because this person had given it water. They did what they thought they could do. But in that process, it wasn't in the transporting from one place to another. It was too much for that plant to handle, and it ended up dying. We are, we are like plants, and we don't realize how far our roots reach in every area, um, in, in, in the church body, but also in your place of work, in your community, you touch people's lives in many ways. God intended for us to find a place where we can have security, and that security comes from him, but through the body of Christ. It says, God, in verse 6, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have the faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is that of serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. So when we come to Christ, we are automatically entered into the global body of Christ. All across this planet, there are men and women who love Jesus that are in all kinds of different churches. And I thank God. In fact, I've traveled as a missionary's kid. And I will tell you that there are some churches that that don't believe necessarily as a group exactly what I believe. But even in those churches, I have found people who are seeking after God. And I have I, learned that when someone searches for God, God has a way of revealing himself to them. And I love that about God. That's where I'm a little bit careful about just going by labels. Now, I do think that there is some necessary help in labels because it at least gives someone an understanding of where someone's starting from. But at the same time, just because someone says that they're under a label it doesn't automatically mean that they are pursuing everything that that label represents. So I just want to tell you this, that you are more than anything else identified as a child of the living God, if you are following after him. In fact, when Jesus comes back for his children, everyone in every church setting that truly has made a commitment to follow him, they are going to be gone doesn't matter what church they're in or whatever the, the circumstances are but the critical part is is that they have surrendered their life to Jesus Christ because he's the one who paid. there's only one way to get to God Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but by me but there is a healthy benefit of being part of a local family okay and I want to say that with love okay Because what happens sometimes, and I understand, sometimes there's reasons that people feel frustrated in a certain church, and then they go to another church, and then they're like, well, I don't know about this, and then they go to another church. And I will say this, there is a season for seeking, but that season should not last forever. Okay, and here's the reason I say that, because you keep a plant out of the ground for too long, it's going to die and you need to get plugged in. So, um, you know, and there's no problem when someone says, you know what, I'm, I, I've, I'm seeking the Lord as to where he wants me to get plugged into a church. Good. You need to do that. Don't just, you know, plug into anywhere. The Holy Spirit has to confirm that. But I will also caution you on this. If one year, two years, three years, four years are going by and you're still kind of hopping around all over the place, it's not healthy for your spirit. You need to allow your roots to kind of start to grow deep. And this is very important in a practical sense. You need to get to know the people in that local church body. Because one of the ways we demonstrate the love of God is we carry one another's burdens. And relationship and trust takes a while to develop. It's even true in communication studies. You know, if I go out to eat with one of you, and I haven't got to know you very well yet, uh, that conversation is going to start off with the basics. Oh, where do you live? Oh, where do you work? And you Tell me about your family. All right. Now, that's the way the conversation is going to go in the initial. But once I've known you for a few years, I- I'm not going to come and sit down with you and say those same questions. You know what I mean? Okay, so we go, out to s- we go out to eat in three years, and I'm like, well, tell me, uh, tell me about your, your family. You know, are you married? Am I married? You know, so things that we should know about each other. What I'm trying to say is that in your relationship with one another, those roots happen over time. You get to know people. You get to know the things that are on their heart. You get to know the things that they rejoice about. And that happens over time. And that's why longevity and allowing your roots to grow is so important The person that is hopping from one local church to another on a regular basis, again, please understand me, there is a season for seeking. But if that ends up being a long time, it is not healthy because you cannot develop those relationships that are so needed to find out, uh, for ladies, for example, which lady in the church can you call up and say, Sister, I need a word of prayer today. And you have got to know someone in your, in your spirit that can help carry that burden for you. Men, to be able to contact another man and say, I'm in the middle of a fight right now and I need a battle buddy. You see, when you're hopping around, you don't know who your battle buddy is going to be. But once you minister in a place for a period of time and you allow the Holy Spirit to connect your heart, you can know, I know if I call such and such a person that they're going to be there for me and we're going to be able to pray and fight this battle together. So there is great benefit in staying connected in a local church body. And then I also want to say this because I say this in my membership class. If God calls you to leave a church, and he can do that, There is always a proper process in doing so. It's very important. And in fact, I tell everybody who wants to become a member, I say, the way that you left your last church is going to affect the way that you minister in this church. If you walked out the door and didn't say bye to your pastor, then guess what you're going to have to do before you become a member here? you're going to set up an appointment with your previous pastor. And even if you don't like the way he did things or whatever, you show respect and you show honor. Because, see, if I allow an attitude like, oh, yeah, and I begin to sympathize with that, because that's what our human nature wants. it's Like, yeah, I'm a better pastor. That pastor didn't treat you well, and so, yeah, I'm going to side with you on all these things. What will happen to me is that same spirit will infect this body. And I refuse to allow that to happen. It's very important that we show respect. So if God calls you to go, go in peace. You see, there's freedom. No one's tied here. But while you're here, I want to ask everybody here present, and if you're a guest with us, the Holy Spirit will guide you. If if he leads you somewhere else, he will guide you, he will confirm. I'm not trying to tell you you've got to be here okay but I'm speaking to the whole body so I hope everybody understands my heart here if God has called you to be here would you find your niche for the glory of God and get plugged in because there needs to be that accountability and I'm just gonna share with you from a pastor's perspective I need to know who my sheep are now just put yourself in a shepherd's position And if every time you got into the fold, you're like, um, you know, the shepherd, he counted the hundred sheep and one was missing. That was because he knew who his sheep were. And he knew when that sheep wasn't present, he went out to look. But I'm going to share with you from my perspective, if I don't know who the sheep are, it makes it very difficult for me to follow up. So this is part of that accountability. And I'll be honest with you, I've had people say to me, well, I'm a child of the king. And so I don't feel I need to be connected to any church body. I go where the Holy Spirit leads me. The Holy Spirit is always in line with the word of God. And the word of God always encourages staying connected in the body of Christ. And by all means, you can head somewhere else however the Lord leads you, but follow the right process. And the Lord will guide and direct, and he will use you for his glory. But if the Lord has called you here, I want to share with you, there's great benefit to putting roots down, because then not only will you begin to be able to rely on this church, but then the church can begin to rely on you. Reliability is a very critical thing. God said to Abraham, I know you, that you are going to raise your children after me. Why could God say that? Because Abraham had already established a pattern of operation. It's the way he did business. It was his M.O., you might say. It was what he regularly did. God said, I know you. God wants us to be reliable. And as we are reliable in our commitments... That brings blessing. Now, I'm going to share with you from my heart because as everybody has certain needs, we have certain needs as well. There are so many facets to a church. And sometimes, from sitting in the seats, you see your facet. If you are a single adult, then you're going to really hone in on whatever ministry is for single adults. Or if you are a, uh, a young couple, newly married, maybe with kids, you're going to see whatever ministry focuses on young couples with, with little kids, you know, whatever that ministry is. So all of us are in our different seasons of life and things like that. I have the wonderful responsibility of trying to make sure all those things are covered. And I'm going to tell you honestly, sometimes that's a heavy burden. But I bring that before the Lord and I say, God, you have to help here. This is your church. And these are your people. But I'm going to share with you from my heart. One thing that is a challenge is, is that when we come to this place, that we do not come simply as a spectator at an event. As if like the players are out on the field and we're just going to watch them play. Okay? That's not what we do here. And I'm asking God for wisdom in how to make that real clear. Because uh, what happens on this stage is not church. This is just leading so that we can be the church. You understand what I'm trying to get at? So that requires, if that's true, and if the players are not all up here, and if the players are indeed out there, then the players need coaching. Now, for all of, any of you who have played sports, you know that a coach, a good coach, is going to challenge you in the areas where you're weak. You know, the coach, if he's doing a good job, every single thing you do, he's not going to say, wow, that was awesome. You played the best game ever, you know. I mean, yeah, you want some encouragement, but a real coach is going to say, you did good in this area. But but this area, you really need to work on. You know what I mean? So, my job is not to be a person who just always says, you guys are the best, you know. Don't change anything. No, that's not going to help you. Okay, so from my heart to yours, I want to tell you. One of the areas where we're going to have to step it up a notch as a church is commitment. I didn't hear any amens or shouts or anything. Okay, <laughs> but I'm just being honest with you, okay? I hope, I hope you hear my heart in this because I love you and I'm proud to be your pastor. But we've got to step it up in our commitment. I won't name names or anything, but I'm going to say that I've had multiple occasions here where people have canceled on ministry events where they had responsibility last minute, without emergencies, okay? You may not realize how much that affects, whether that's children's ministry, youth ministry, music ministry, or whatever. When you're being counted on for something, I just want you to know we don't have this big queue of people lined up to say, oh, as soon as that person steps out, I'm ready. I wish we did, but sometimes when you call last minute and say, sorry, I can't do it, we have nobody. I'm just being open with you, okay? So consider well what you commit to. The scripture says, it's better not to make a vow than to make it and not fulfill it, right? If we are going to be a church that is really moving forward for the glory of God, there needs to be shared sacrifice. That simply means that when you make a commitment, you follow through. And as we follow through, then we become reliable. Jesus said, he who is faithful in a little will be faithful with much. And so as we are faithful with what God has given to us, one of the things the Lord has really taught me over the years is to recognize, with God's help, and I want to grow in discernment in this area, but this is just something that is my responsibility spiritually to recognize what are the true gifts that a person has in service. See, I can make a mistake if I try to fill a spot real quickly just to make sure that spot is filled. You know, that's an error that in my human nature I can make. Oh, we don't have someone for that ministry? Well, uh, what, are, what don't you just... And what happens is that person may not be fitted for that. That's not, their, that's not their body part. That's not their gifting. If I have my hand trying to do the job that my foot's supposed to do, there's going to be complicated. I mean, it can do it now and then. You know? There are people who are paralyzed. They've got to use certain body parts to compensate for others. And we've got to do that sometimes. But you can't do it forever. And so one of the things that I've been praying, oh, God, would you fill in the slots? and would you please speak to people in our church body in whatever areas are their giftings. See, I don't want to put you in a spot that you're not gifted in, but here's the flip side to that. If God has gifted you in an area, and you're just simply not using it for the glory of God, then that's a detriment to the body as well. Because the body part then is not working. And I don't want to overwhelm you, I don't want you to feel like you've got to be involved in everything in the church. Every single ministry in this church is not something you have to be involved in. But there are some core things that God wants you to do. And so as your pastor, I just want to share with you. The Holy Spirit is the one who distributes the gifts as he sees fit. That's what the Bible says. As he does, it's your job to say, God, now what do you want me to do? Today, we're beginning our first membership class. Membership, I just want to give you an overview so that everybody's on the same page. The purpose of membership is not to simply say, I regularly attend Christian Life Center. The purpose of membership is to say, I have considered well, and I have chosen that this is the place where I feel God has called me to be. I accept the authority of the leadership, I am willing to serve with my gifts, and I'm willing to get plugged in to what God is doing through this local church. And if you feel peace about that, then take the step. If you're still praying and considering, by all means, take your time. But I wanna encourage you to get plugged in because it's not healthy when the majority are just, how would I say, regular, almost like regular guests. You know what I mean? Where you're like, we, you, you've been here before, so you're not a first-time guest, but like a regular guest. It's good to be a guest. But then, once you have been led by the Holy Spirit to get plugged in, you move beyond that. And you begin to get busy for the glory of God. And I just want to share with everybody here, my perspective as pastors. I don't want to put a burden on you that God would never put on you. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn of me, you'll find rest to your soul. I believe that everyone in this church is going to grow when they serve. Because when you serve, you're using your gift and the Holy Spirit is going to work through you. It's kind of like turning the faucet on. And as you use your gift, you are going to feel joy that you haven't felt before. And so you get plugged in and you serve for the glory of God. Now, I said I'd share with you something from Nehemiah. So here's what it is. Nehemiah, when the wall was all torn down, it says it was so much rubble that Nehemiah's donkey couldn't even get through. This was not just like a little brick out of place here and there. This was a huge mess. And Nehemiah spoke with the leaders, and then he communicated with everyone who lived close to a certain section. And he said, guys, it's time that we work on the area that's closest to where we are. And in 52 days, that entire wall got built. And it wasn't without opposition, because there was somebody, Sam Ballot and Tobias, not only who were enemies from the outside, But many of the people of Judah were actually defending them to Nehemiah, going, oh, this is a really good guy. You should listen to what he has to say. And yet his heart was totally opposed to the work that Nehemiah was doing. So I want to ask you this. If you could take a visual for a moment. If we envision a wall that needs to be built, wherever you are closest to that segment of wall, is where you need to get your hands busy for the glory of God. For you, it may be an age range. Maybe God has put a passion in your heart for reaching the older people. Or the younger, the kids, the youth, whatever it may be. As you step up to the plate and say, God, I'm available. Then you know what you're going to do? You're going to make this a viable church body. And it's not just because of Pastor Joseph. This church does not rise and fall on me. This is his church. All I'm here to do is to hear his voice, do what he says, to get busy myself and to also give you opportunities to get busy for the glory of God. So I just want to lay that out clearly because we're all in this together. Okay? If if we move fast or far for the glory of God, then he's the one who gets the glory. And we all got to work in it together. But if the ship goes down, we all go down together. So we need to understand that. That we've got to get busy for the glory of God. Okay, and it says this. I'm going to read you these these words here. It says, verse 11 of Romans chapter 12, Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Could you repeat that word enthusiastically? That means that you're doing it with excitement. That means that you're not going, oh, I've got to do nursery again. We've got grandmas and grandpas in this room. We need care for our nursery. Once every two months, would you be willing to sit with the kids and love on them? We need that. We need care in our children's ministry. Would you be willing once every two months to minister to kids, maybe of your age group that you have in your life at the moment? We need assistance in loving on our youth and encouraging them to be strong for the glory of God. Would you be willing to step in to be able to minister in that area? How about with our women's ministry or men's ministry? The Holy Spirit is the one who confirms. My job is to simply tell you what the need is. So I just lay it out before you. Now your job is to pray. God, what do you want me to do? There will be times when I will specific, and I've gone to some of you, and I've specifically asked you about certain things, but I'll never force it. I'll simply say, you pray about it, you get back to me. The answer's no. Then you, you sense that it's no, that's fine. But if you sense the Lord calling you in that direction, then that's an open door of ministry for you. It's as simple as it is. Because we're here to move forward for the glory of God. I'm going to ask us all just to close ourselves in with God for a moment. And I'm going to ask Pastor Zach if he could please come on down with the team. I never take for granted that everybody in this church has made a decision to walk with Jesus. And so I want to give you an opportunity today if you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Joseph, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be a part of the body of Christ. I want my name to be written in the book of life. And so I want to make that choice today to ask Jesus to forgive me of all of my sin, to write my name in the book of life, and to save my soul. If you're here today and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart and you know that you need to take that step, the scripture says that today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to me or any of us. And that's why I never like to let an opportunity pass without giving you an opportunity to take that step of obedience. So if there is anyone in this room that needs to make that decision, I'm going to ask you if you would simply raise your hand right where you are. Say, Pastor, that's me. I want the Lord to change my heart, to cling to clean me of my sin and to make me a brand new person inside. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand? I'd love to pray with you. God sees your hand and yours and yours and yours. Before we pray, is there anyone else? And yours and yours. sees your hand. More importantly, he sees your hearts. And he sees yours. I never rush past this part. This is what it's all about. It's why Jesus died. Church family, I invite all of you to pray as we're going to join together and Bible says that the Holy Spirit does a work in the inside of every heart that invites Jesus to come in. Would you join me now as we pray together? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me and forgiving your life so that I could live. Please forgive me of my sin. Please remove my shame and guilt. Please give me a new heart. And help me to live for you. I choose from this day forward. To live my life. In obedience to your word. Thank you for forgiving me. And for writing my name. In the book of life. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.